Our scripture for this morning comes from Luke chapter 9. I'm going to begin reading at verse 28. About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see. They were speaking about his exodus from this world, which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. Peter and the others had fallen asleep. When they woke up, they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. As Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurted out, Master, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he was saying this, a cloud overshadowed them, and terror gripped them as the cloud covered them. Then a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. When the voice finished, Jesus was there alone. They didn't tell anyone at that time what they had seen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, if we had time to read a longer section from this chapter in Luke's gospel, it would be obvious what a roller coaster ride the disciples were on with Jesus. Earlier in this chapter, they saw Jesus feed over 5,000 people with one person's lunch. A little later, Peter finally seems to understand who Jesus really is as he proclaims, you are the Christ, the Messiah sent from God. A couple of real high moments for the disciples. Then, a little later, Jesus tells them about his coming death. For the disciples, that must have felt like a low moment. Quite a contrast to what they had just experienced. Then, the transfiguration. We just read about it. This experience of Jesus being transformed into a glorious state while talking with Moses and Elijah. Again, major high moment for those three who were there. After that, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus heals a young boy, freeing him from demon possession. His disciples couldn't do it, but Jesus did. Again, high moment. But then again, Jesus talks about his coming death. Must have felt, again, like a low moment. We want to look at the low moment in a minute and consider whether it really is a low moment. But first, let's look at the story we just read about Jesus being transformed. What an amazing start to an event. To be invited to go up on the mountain away from the world to spend time in prayer with Jesus. 
I'm willing to bet those three disciples were really pumped about that opportunity. We get to go pray with Jesus and nothing's going to interrupt it. Little did Peter, James, and John know that it would become even more amazing than they expected. If they had known how incredible it was going to be, they probably wouldn't have fallen asleep. What went on while they were dozing? Well, we read it. As Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see. Wow. Jesus has changed to glowing, radiant, um, something I'm sure words can't fully describe. And he's talking to two men of God that lived hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus. They represented all of the law and the prophets that had been a part of God's work in the life of his people to this point. Great time for Peter, James, and John to take a nap, huh? Outside of their contact with the resurrected Christ after the crucifixion, this must have been the most awe-inspiring, worship-inducing experience that was possible for those three. One that would have automatically moved them to all-out worship. Can you imagine anybody falling asleep during a time of worship? <laughs> Except maybe on Sunday morning, right? Um, I still don't know all of the sleepers, but I've seen a few. Anytime God shows up, making his presence known in any way, it doesn't have to be something as phenomenal as this transfiguration. Anytime God makes his presence known should be a moment of worship for the people of God. It could be because of a powerfully answered prayer. It could be when music touches your heart. It could be when someone offers you a much needed God-inspired word of comfort or encouragement. It could be any time the Holy Spirit helps us to sense the presence of God that we are moved to worship. Sadly, we can miss those moments maybe because like Peter, James, and John, we're asleep, asleep to the presence and power of God at a given moment, asleep spiritually to the point we simply miss the glory of God being revealed, whether it's in a spectacular moment or as part of our everyday living in Christ. There are always opportunities for us to see the glory of God revealed, and to respond in worship if we're not sleeping at the moment. But understand, church, worship is meant to be a response to who God is. It can even be a response to what God does and is doing at a given time. But worship is not supposed to be a place for the people of God to hide permanently. Permanently. 
That's what Peter wanted to do. He wanted to hide out on the mountaintop forever. Listen to his words. Lord, it's so great to be here. We can build three memorials to honor you and Moses and Elijah. Let's just stay right here where we are and live in this moment forever. At least that's the strong implication of what his words said. But worship's not meant to be a place for us to hide. Any time we spend worshiping the Lord should be an all-out focus on the Lord, worshiping with all we have and with all we are. But we don't get to stay there and hide in that place forever. We're called to return back into the world to live out the impact of that worship time on our lives. Just like those three disciples were called to go back down the mountain, not allowed to stay there forever, as Peter wished. They were called to go back down the mountain and live in the world around them. We too are called to come out of those sacred, holy mountaintop moments and live in the world around us in a way that demonstrates the impact of our time with God in the way we live. I wonder how often, how many times the church of today has tried to hide out in our place of worship, maybe physically. We like being here, great place, good people. We hang out, we worship, we sing, we pray, we celebrate. Thank you, Lord, for that. But I wonder sometimes if we hide out, maybe not in the building, not in the room, but we hide out emotionally and spiritually, whether we're actually worshiping at that time or not. We hang out in the church, or at least in our church mindset, and never connect with people out there around us especially those who aren't experiencing worship. And so we hang out at that, in those holy places, rather than returning to the world around us and living in a meaningful, loving way that clearly shows we've been in the presence of the living God. And it's made a difference in who we are. It's time to wake up, church. Wake up and really worship when it's time to worship. And then after having worshiped with all we are, being fully awake to what God wants to do, then to go back into the world and impact the world around us because we've experienced heartfelt emotion. We don't need to stay on the mountaintop today any more than Peter, James, and John did at that point. Jesus didn't let them stay on the mountaintop, as incredible as it was. He led them back down to impact the world they were a part of. Now, I know you do too, that there can always be the temptation to live in the mountaintop moments. 
those real special moments when we feel super close to the Lord and we just want it to be like that all the time. For years, I got to lead one week every summer of camp at Aldersgate Camp. Every summer, youth there would have amazing experiences with God and they would feel so close to the Lord and they would try to live right there in that mountaintop moment as long as they could. But that only lasts so long because what they were living was feelings. Apparently no one at home ever helped them figure out how to come off the mountain and continue living the impact of that close experience with God in their everyday world. And then some of those same youth would come back the next summer and I would hear, Phil, I was so close to the Lord last year at the end of camp, but it just lasted a few weeks and then it was gone. Maybe it wasn't really God after all that I was experiencing. And we would always try to help them understand, look, God is not necessarily in that feeling you had in that mountaintop experience. God and his love are fully demonstrated not in our emotion that may be there sometimes and not at other times, but in the act of sacrificial love that we see at the cross. Now, nothing wrong with those mountaintop experiences, nothing wrong with those emotions of feeling uniquely close to God in given experiences. But God's act of redeeming love is stated clearly through the cross of Christ, whether we feel it at a specific time or not. God and his love for those youth, for us as well, hasn't changed. Only their feelings had. And sometimes we experience that as well. What we, need to, what we need to learn from this chapter in Luke is that the mountaintop experience was apparently not meant to be the primary focus of all that was going on. Again, nothing wrong with mountaintop experiences with Jesus. I mean, Jesus took those three followers to the mountaintop. But it wasn't meant to be the primary long-lasting focus. If we look at the bigger part of that chapter, we see that the cross is the focus, not the mountaintop. Read through it, and what we see is just before the mountaintop, Jesus predicted his death in conversing with the disciples and reminded them that to follow him meant for us to take up our own cross and live a life of sacrificial love. After the mountaintop, when they came down, again he reminds them that he's about to be betrayed and will experience death on the cross. Even on the mountaintop, with Moses and Elijah, the scripture says the conversation was about his departure from the world that was coming through the cross. I believe that's because the cross is where the life-giving work of God is carried out. Not on the mountaintop necessarily where we feel all emotion for, for a little while and then it fades. 
but at the cross where our sins are forgiven and our hearts and souls are cleansed, where Jesus paid the price for us out of his great love for us, where death was temporary, but ultimate and permanent victory was to follow. So church, embrace the mountaintop moments when they present themselves. They are unique blessings. But we can't necessarily choose them and when they come. We can surely celebrate them. Those moments come at unique times in life. Maybe in a worship service. Maybe sometime where you were knelt here at this place of prayer and you experienced God's presence in a powerful way. Or maybe when a song has touched your heart. Maybe during a private time of prayer at home or at work or at school. Maybe some unique place like in the delivery room when a baby's born. Maybe during baptism or communion. Maybe even at the bedside of a seriously ill loved one. Understanding that we may experience the close presence of God in those kind of moments and many others that you could add to that list. And understanding that all depends on the Lord, but also on our awareness of God's presence at that moment. We can embrace them, but we can't choose when those mountaintop moments occur. We can't choose to hide there. But we can choose to move toward the cross where new life is offered in the sacrifice of Christ. He talked about it repeatedly in this chapter. We can choose to experience the work of Christ on the cross and receive that offering of new life given as a free gift. The one thing that happened on that mountaintop that we can't overlook, a one-sentence direction from God. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Listen to him. That's how we move from the mountaintop back into the world we live in every day. Listen to him. That's how we take the impact of the mountaintop into our everyday world. Listen to him. That's how we share. Learn, that's how we learn to share the impact of that with those around us. With family members, with friends, with co-workers, with neighbors, with classmates. Listen to him. That's how we allow our Lord to transform us into redeemed creations of God. That's how we experience His presence daily and have our lives changed. And of course, we can always listen to Him through the words of Scripture and through prayer. Our Scripture this morning tells us that those mountaintop experiences may come and when they do, they're phenomenal. God will continue to reveal himself to those who stay awake and look for those revelations. 
Don't sleep through what God might do this week to reveal his love to you. In this season of Lent, not only remember the mountaintop moments, but let's move ever closer to the cross. We have no, no other hope than at the cross, the cross on which Jesus revealed his ultimate love for you and me. Look for that revealing of God, the revealing of that love and embrace it for all your worth. It is that love revealed at the cross that brings about transformation in our own lives. Not the same type of visual transformation Peter, James, and John saw on that mountaintop, but a powerful inner heart and soul level transformation that happens because of the work carried out on the cross. Watch for that amazing transformation in our own lives and in the world around us as we share our lives and the impact of the cross on us. Pray with me, please. Lord, lead us to the cross where your love was poured out. Lead us to the cross because it's there that we can be transformed. Lead us to the cross to remind us of the incredible sacrificial love you pour out on your children. We're thankful for mountaintop moments when they come. But Lord, we know we don't live on the mountaintop. We live in this real world around us. A world that so desperately needs to see your impact in our lives. The impact we know is because of the cross of Christ. So God, this week, equip us to live out the impact of the cross in our lives. Equip us to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ who follow obediently as you reveal your love to us in our lives and the world around us. Lead us to the cross. In Christ's name, amen.